Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Mike and Paul. No Josh this evening, but he will hopefully be back next week. Gentlemen, we're going to jump right into this thing. Instead of asking you how you're doing this week, I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week has been. What's the best thing that happened to you this week, Paul? Hey, all right. Well, you know what? I did not uh, think about this ahead of time because, you know, I like to be nice and prepared. I have pre- preparations for every other question that we're coming up with. But I will uh, I will tell you, peak of the week was actually just after uh, a recording last week uh, on Friday. Uh, it was my anniversary with Rachel. We, it was our four-year anniversary of dating, which was fun. And, uh, yeah, we had a nice little time. Really low-key. We just uh, we ordered from our favorite Italian restaurant, pizza, pasta. Uh, we watched some Harry Potter, watched Goblet of Fire, which, uh, eh. we watched it, we watched it and, uh, that was fun. Uh, and, and we just had a nice little time. It was, it was, a, it was a nice, a nice day. So yeah, that was, that was probably my peak of my week. Nothing crazy happened this week, but, uh, it was nice to, nice to just kind of chill out and also eat from our favorite restaurant, which was good. Well, congratulations. And thank you. This has been sort of the last couple of weeks, an ongoing discussion on replay as far as the, the Harry Potter watching yeah. that you guys are doing. Which one yes. are you on now? So we should be on a Half-Blood Prince, but we've really kind of slowed down. Uh, Rachel and I had uh, this little more more ire, especially from you guys. But we had a nice talk in the car yesterday about how just on rewatch, um, I always didn't like the movies. But Rachel's like, these the movies kind of suck. That was kind of our. So there you go. Wow. So uh, we were kind of having a nice talk about that. I'm sure we could go on for a long period of time. Uh, I don't. I don't think they objectively. Well, anyway, the point is, uh, we've kind of after that, we've kind of slowed down. So I will. I will get around. We will get around to finishing them. I am excited. Um, but yeah, it's mostly making me want to go do a book watch, a book read. So <laughs> book watch. Uh, I might uh, a book watch. So we'll <laughs> see. But uh, if I get around to that, but hopefully, hopefully, I do. I'm hoping within the next year, I can kind of go through that series again at some point or another because i think i'll have a nicer time doing that i will say i know you you raised concerns about reading deathly hollows because you haven't read the books in forever and that's the only one you haven't read i hadn't read one through six in a really long time and i just like did a rewatch of the movies and then read deathly hollows it was fine you don't need to go back through it it's fine I know I don't need to, but I want to like have that relationship with the characters. And I feel like the movie characters are not the book characters at all. And so I want to be able to like go through and, 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 and remember all those little hints and little Easter eggs and stuff I'm going to pick up in the book uh, to enjoy it properly, especially because it's my first time. Fair enough. Mike, what's the best thing that happened to you this week, sir? Probably, you know, Josh calling off of game groups. That was was pretty, pretty nice. (laughs) But it all has the, I'm from uh, Mike, baby. <laughs> my peak of the week hasn't happened yet. Uh, I'm going on vacation on Saturday, going to Vegas to have some fun. So should be a good time. And yeah, it hasn't happened yet, no. which is really weird. Like you got <sighs> vacation for me. It's like super stressful up until I actually get there. Yeah. yeah. And it's like really annoying. So I'm in the really annoying stressed out stage. Um, I gotta go get a haircut and do some things around the house before I leave. Um, yeah. So, like, clean out my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the fun stuff. Actually, we just did that today. We did a nice car clean out. 
boy, is that just a boring job. That is the worst job. Yeah. Mike, don't get too wild out there in Sin City, all right? We need you to come back healthy and safe and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> not going to get wild. Don't worry. <laughs> Go see a, are you going to see a magic show? Uh, I'm thinking about it. We don't have tickets yet, but um, that, that'll be a, you know, decide to do it. Go do it. It's kind of spur of the moment type thing. There's a lot so, of there's a lot of stuff in Vegas that you can just do spontaneously. There's just so much yeah. happening there. They have to because everyone's so uh, like completely plastered the entire time. <laughs> or like just fucked up on something. They want to make it accessible so you could yes. just walk in and walk into anything. Oh, there's a show. Let's walk in. Like because no one's planned anything, and if they did, they're not making it on time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a good. This time. is what I. This is my. Uh, I'm saying based on uh, movies and television shows. I've never been to Vegas. <laughs> this is my, This is completely not based in reality for me. I will say Vegas is like the one place that's actually pretty accurate, accurately represented in movies and TV. So yeah. <laughs> as far as uh, my pick of the week, it was probably finishing the Far Cry Six review, which you can check out right now on the YouTube channel. Shadow drop. With my uh, getting back into the workforce next week, I'm not sure how often I'll be able to be doing reviews going forward, so I wanted to make sure I got that Far Cry review out there. Finally, I'd been talking it up for so long. It's finally there. You can go view it, and uh, and hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully uh, you agree with me. If you don't, let me know in the comments, but don't be too, too mean about it. Or, <laughs> or be mean. I don't care. I, I, mean. I don't care. Just don't put a dislike on it. That's all I ask. Honorable mention would be to getting uh, Medieval came in the uh, in the mail today. In the mail. In the mail. I bought a physical disc. First time since I bought Horizon Zero Dawn physical, I think. I have two physical games. I have Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Final Fantasy XV for PS4. And now I have Medieval, which is a game I've been wanting to play for a while. I was hoping it would go on sale sometime in October. It hasn't yet, so I just said, okay, I'm just going to buy it on Amazon, physical, half price. I'll do it. It's fine. But I also got Pumpkin Jack, which is the spiritual successor. That did go on sale today, and PS Plus members, it's only like $13. So I played it last year on PC, streamed the whole thing. I beat it in one day. It was just a a one-sitting sort of thing. It was like eight hours. But now I'll platinum it on uh, PlayStation, so I'm excited about that. Love to see it. You trophy hunter, you. I know. <laughs> Let's get into trending topics. In trending topics, I give our panelists a choice between three search terms. They have to tell me which term they think got the most searches over the last seven days via stats from Google Trends. We'll play three quick rounds. All right. I went a little, uh, little Halloween themed with this. All right. Round one. Dead Space, Silent Hill, or Resident Evil? Resident Evil. Yeah, I gotta go Resident Evil. You're both correct. It is Resident Evil. All right. I got that movie coming out. Yeah. They do? There's oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I yeah. did see that trailer. Yeah, not great. No Jovovich. What? <laughs> is she not actually, in it? She not... No, she's not in it, but yeah, it's like actually based on the games. Yeah, there's no Jovovich. She was in so, the old yeah. ones, right? Who, who wants it? Yes. Yeah. Film in Toronto. I, I want it. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> happened to uh, her Monster Hunter movie? That came out. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think let's it did. Let's pretend it didn't. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> pretend it I think it got better reviews than Warcraft, and that's what I'm talking about. Well, okay, we're not. We'll, we won't get into it. All right, round two. 
Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, or Jason Voorhees? Myers. Jason Voorhees. Michael Myers. Fuck. Halloween Kills just came out. Oh, fuck. You're right. It did. Just days ago. <laughs> Round three. Halloween candy, vampires, or pumpkins? Oh, God. Pumpkins. Candy. It was pumpkins. People are looking for where they can buy their pumpkin. All right, you guys tied. That makes sense. Tied we game tied. one. Beautiful. Even though, apparently, according to Matt, trending topics doesn't count as a real game in yeah, the... Uh, real game. When we're talking about uh, who, who <laughs> the show. So uh, write in. That is uh, gamegroups at gmail.com. Let us know. I think it is a real game. See, until I have another opener like this that I rotate in, I don't count it as a real game. But I'll come up with another opener and we can start counting mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But for future, future super fans listening to the backlog of the episodes, you can start counting trending topics as a real game because in the future it will. It just isn't yet. If that makes any sense. <laughs> Once I stop losing, that's what you're doing. Once I start start losing all the time. But you can retroactively count wins and losses. We'll do that. Yeah, I'm ca- yeah, I'm counting it. All right. <laughs> the big question. On Monday, Bill Spencer told the Wall Street Journal that Xbox has no interest in virtual reality, saying that they're solely focused on software right now. Here's a direct quote from Spencer. I think that The hardware innovation that's happening is great, and it's an important enabler, but right now I'm deciding to stay more in the software side of that enablement. I believe it will scale better in the long run. Meanwhile, Xbox Game Pass did not hit its subscriber growth goals. From Axios, for the 12 months that ended on June 30th, Xbox Game Pass subscriber growth was up 37%, but the company had set a 48% growth goal. In the company's prior fiscal year, which ran mid-2019 through mid-2020, Game Pass subs were up 86%, exceeding a target of 71%. The most recent confirmed subscriber count is 20 million from this past June. Now, because they blew past their goals in 2019 and halfway through 2020, largely helped by the pandemic and quarantine, I think it's fair to say that not hitting those lower expectations in the next year is no surprise, and there's probably some diminishing returns at play there. However, if Xbox is going to be all-in on software, you'd hope that their projected software goals can be hit. Now today, Matt Booty from Xbox told Kinda Funny Games that they want to make their own blockbuster games with iconic characters and worlds that PlayStation has come to be known for. So here's the question. Is Xbox's software strategy working, or do you think it's looking like it will work in the near future at least? And could more software success lead us to a place in a future generation where Xbox becomes more of a store or service rather than a physical box? Now, this is something that I brought up on replay earlier today when we were recording. I feel that it's there's potential in the future, maybe even next generation where they ditch the box, it's more like a dongle or an app on televisions, that sort of thing, and they're really sort of becoming more like a store or a service, maybe expanding Game Pass to have, you know, a catalog of sub- games within the subscription, but maybe they're all, they're also selling games on Game Pass, you know, c- creating a store out of it. 
I want to know what you guys have to think about this before I get too much into it. So let's go to you, Mike. Let's get your thoughts on on Xbox's software strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's working. I think that missing your targets, who cares? It's not like it fell on its face. Working in corporate America, people miss targets all the time. Like, especially like big product launches, they miss their targets. Uh, missing targets isn't the end of the world. What is important is the fact that they're still experiencing growth that's significant and not noise. And I think for the next year, they're going to have better offerings on Game Pass that will actually like spur more subscribers. I think this year was kind of slow. They had so at E3, everything was experienced at day one on Game Pass, but nothing really released this year for it. Like Horizon, Forza Horizon isn't out. Um, Halo isn't out. Their stuff isn't out yet. Um, Right, Right. Back for Blood was like the biggest thing that came out that was at E3 that I can think of. Um, maybe 12 Minutes was also on there, I think. There are some other games, but like nothing huge. So I don't think this is anything. It, this says more about their content lineup and less about their software, which I think their content lineup is going to get much better next year. Whenever... Uh, Starfield comes out. I think that's yeah. when it's going to be huge. And yeah, I th- I think Phil Spencer has kind of started the nail in the coffin in terms of their hardware. They Microsoft's been taking L's on their har- hardware for a decade. Um, at yep. some point, they're going to say enough is enough and stop taking L's on it because who cares about the box? It's not about the box anymore. I mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's sitting here saying damn, I really want an Xbox. I don't know anyone that is saying that. I have one, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's fine. Right. Um, if PlayStation had a similar thing that was like um, that was like Game Pass for PC, but for PlayStation games, I think you would see the exact same thing going on. I, I think you would see people saying, eh, I'll just get it for my PC. Like, I don't need a PlayStation to play PlayStation games. But the problem is with PlayStation, you need a PlayStation to play them at the moment. Um, So I think Xbox doesn't care about hardware anymore. I think they took L's on their their consoles the last two generations. I think they took HoloLens was nothing. Um, Yeah. Like, they don't care about... (laughs) They don't care about VR. I doubt they care about AR at this point. Like they just want to make money and the best way to make money is software. I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a box again. Like you're saying that is probably my official position that I'll take on this. I think even though Microsoft is massive and literally one of the biggest companies in the entire world, you can only produce so many things at a loss and we know that Game Pass is running at a, at a loss right now. Like, that's a fact, and it's probably going to for another five, six, maybe seven years uh, until it evolves in some way or just gets to a point where they start eventually making money because they have so many subscribers. It's hard to have both that and a console, which runs at a loss, happening simultaneously. Like, those are two big, massive flagship products that are running at a loss you can't really have both happening at the same time in your games division otherwise microsoft is going to be like all right we gotta 
we got to make some choices here for Xbox. We can't do both of these things. As far yeah. as the software, it's a case, like Mike was saying, um, the big hitters are still on the horizon. I'll have to wait and see to believe it when everything actually comes and is successful or not. They were so bad on the software side of things at the end of the 360 and all of the Xbox One that it's it's hard to... Hey, 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 hey. The, the Xbox One software got extremely good. Uh, it was only like the very beginning uh, where there was hiccups. Uh, most of Xbox One, that's Phil Spencer coming in, just totally shifted the company. They all introduced a ton of fan features. They had a whole system where people could vote for their favorite stuff they wanted added. And by the end of it, they had better software features than PlayStation. I mean the far. games. I mean like the, the okay, Xbox very original different. games. I, sorry, yeah. when you said software, I assumed you meant like, because uh, I think the console software no, is I, far No, like the console. Console OS, yeah. I have no issues yeah. with. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the actual games. Yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's sort of just, you know, it, we're in a situation where it's hard to trust what they're promising, although there are very promising things. We don't, like Redfall, for example, we only have a CG trailer. We don't know anything about it. Starfield, I mean, hopefully it's great, but the latest Starfield's thing... Starfield's going to sell. It doesn't matter if it's good. <laughs> yeah. I, th I, think, I think it does matter if it's good or not for, for future... I don't, I don't know. I think it does. As long as it's not unplayable, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, they, as long as it's not it, Cyberpunk 2077, exactly. it doesn't matter. Exactly. That is the as bar. Long, yeah, as long as it can be as good as like fucking Fallout 76, this thing will blow blow everything away. I think it helps. It has I, to be I, better than 76. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it will help Game Pass no matter what, but I don't know if it... it, it but if it's not good, it's not going to help Bethesda, especially coming off of Fallout 76. No. What is Bethesda Absolutely here, though? Not, like part of my, I'm just saying, help, like, we're talking about it'll Game help Pass. Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking about trust in in the in future products. That's why I was uh, referencing that. As far as Game Pass, Halo Infinite, at least temporarily, is going to grow subs. People are going to sub for the campaign when they can get it for the ten ten bucks, twelve bucks, whatever Game Pass is right now, instead of paying for for sixty dollars for the for the campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. so that'll help. And then, like you said, I think you were right. Starfield is going to be sort of that first one that's really going to bring more people to Game Pass. And then I think they're going to try to line things up so after Starfield. Every month you got a big hitter coming and that will certainly help game pass. But I do think I wonder is game pass like how big can it get? Can it get big enough to be profitable? That's a big question. Nobody really knows. We know right now it definitely isn't and they have 20 million subscribers. So what's it going to take? I don't know. Paul, let's get your thoughts on some of this stuff. Yeah. So I, I think that's an interesting point. Um, uh, yeah, we've been talking for years about Microsoft. You know, they've been acquiring these studios. We've been waiting for this thing. When's Microsoft going to have exclusives? When is Microsoft going to match the Sony library? I think we are. I mean, they they have so many studios working on so many major product projects here. We have a we have people posting all the time, fanboy subreddits, you know, on Xbox posting all of these like twenty five plus like amazing sounding games all in the pipeline. They're go something's going to have to start coming out. Right. Uh, they can't just be sitting around on their hands for the next five years and then just declare uh, Xbox was a failure. Like It's not going to happen. Uh, these games are going to start going out. This is going to pay off. It's just development cycles are so much longer than they used to be. 
Um, this is going to take them a while. But that being said, I think, like you said, in the next five to six years, uh, I think we're going to start seeing game after game, like hit after hit after hit start coming to Game Pass um, and Xbox in general. But of course, Game Pass day one is like their big selling feature. Um, speaking about like profitability, I think the issue with Game Pass is like, like you said, having a console and having Game Pass is interesting. It seems like they maybe want to shift their business to Game Pass, but the problem is to make something like that work. Um, as it stands, you need hardware that can run it. And so I think the original thing here is like, and again, we talked about this earlier about like backwards engineering, like the the idea of like showing others how to do, like instead of coming out as like a product like the Surface line or like Google's Nexus line or something and being like, hey, here's what we think. We're not going to hope to sell a lot of these, but we just want to show you how we think you should be making, you know, Xbox service, like Xbox boxes or something, right? Sounds like a Steam well, this box. Is cut yeah, this is kind of like a reverse engineering as well, right? Where they're like, okay, well, you know what? Um, we want to make this Game Pass service, but right now um, all we have is a bunch of boxes in people's houses. So we're going to use those boxes to run the games that are on Game Pass until eventually cross our fingers with fiber and with low latency and with and with like the new infrastructure in the next five to 10 years, we can stream it all and we don't need the boxes anymore um and then who cares about buying paying 60 bucks for a game on the store you just have all your games in a service it's the netflix of games done we're done we're making you know 20 bucks a month or something and people are willing to pay it because they can download the xbox app on their smart tv or whatever the fuck your fridge or whatever weird thing you want to use it on uh and and it'll work um but yeah I, I think i think we have to wait for that magic streaming future um for it to be profitable um, even then, I think like the server costs and things are questionable. I mean, it's Microsoft, but still, I don't know. But I, but I think that's what the issue we're coming running into right now is what you were saying, right? Where we have a bunch, we have like two different businesses: a, bu a business selling hardware that's trying to sell individual games, and a business that's trying to create this like and launch this streaming service and cloud service and getting your mobile phone to play Xbox and your PC to play Xbox and your maybe your PlayStation, maybe your Nintendo to play Xbox. Like eventually. Um, you're Nintendo. I sound like a, a 90 year old man, but you know, in general, um, I think that's kind of the business plan here, working backwards from the boxes, uh, into maybe the Netflix of gaming. But I think it's going to take some major shifting in, in technology again, like in terms of network infrastructure to really properly pull that off. Cause I don't think it's going to work without streaming. I do wonder if they consider the idea of a game pass box a failed initiative because the series s hasn't sold the way that they wanted it to and that very clearly was marketed as a game pass box does it need to be cheaper i think it does if, if i think they should have gone all in instead of having an s that is you know what it is they should have gone all in made a cheaper box that is essentially dedicated to game pass and built for streaming for people who yeah. could do that sort of thing. the tech isn't there the tech isn't there uh, as someone who like really likes xbox cloud streaming and like i've liked the initiative and i've played with it and it's definitely one of the cleaner streaming apps and services i've used uh, especially on like something where they're on an iphone or something or an ios where you have to like run it in a browser but they've come up with all these ways to kind of make it like a full screen app there's latency even if you're plugged in even if you're using your best stuff there's still some latency there's still issues with dropping there's still it's not perfect uh like you said a million times matt the xbox app even on pc is like still a beta um it's just not ready uh, the streaming's really cool it's awesome that it's a feature it's awesome that it's included with your game pass subscription uh i think it's cool that it's a fun 
you know, if I, if they, I think they're still using the term beta for that. Um, I think it's cool, but uh, ultimately it's not ready. And I think it would have been a huge mistake to launch like a hundred dollar stick or something that's going to run those things streaming. Cause, and, and I don't think you can get much cheaper, honestly, to make a game. The Series S is like mighty powerful for 300 bucks. Like, I think it would be hard to, like, they'd be hemorrhaging money trying to make anything that can play games on it in 2021 cheaper than that. Well, but here's my question. Even if it wasn't ready, if the tech isn't there yet, would it have been worth the risk to try it rather than put out the Series S, which really isn't making waves at all anyway? Why not put out something somewhat experimental and say, listen, this might not be ready yet? If if it goes out and fails, then the next time they try it, people aren't going to trust it. Yep. You lose like a lot of your trust and credibility when you release a product that fails <laughs> it's the apple thing right get safe wait wait a super long time until you know it's gonna do well and then fucking throw it out the door yeah. like way late but at least it's like gonna be the top of its its category right um you know i mean think i think look at all the stadia you know blowback from that not being a ready service and being google's like all in on gaming and a lot of hype around that and people were pretty pissed because you know that was their only experience it's not like you could get a stadia console and then also streaming's a fun little beta add-on like an xbox people it was like you know you buy this this dongle or whatever you play stadia and oh lo and behold it was a waste of money because it barely works for a lot of people now the, i'm not saying it doesn't work for everyone i'm just saying you know for the casual person grabbing it it might not be a very clean experience and you feel pretty bad after spending 100 bucks to get that it's funny when I was doing the the Far Cry uh, six review, I I mentioned all the platforms that it's on, and, and I heard you, you having a mouthful of yeah. platforms. Ubisoft, <laughs> Ubisoft puts their games on everything. I think they had some sort of deal with Stadia, so they're still putting games on on Stadia. But I totally forgot that this was a thing. Far Cry is also on the Amazon Luna, Luna. which yeah. I completely mm -hmm. forgot. You, it's never part of the conversation ever. Is it the same thing as Stadia? Yeah. I, I I assume so. I didn't really even look into it. Yeah, okay. yeah same thing as Stadia. They yeah. they did a good job making it browser based earlier than Stadia did, um, which I think got Luna some good press, especially because you could run it like on a on an iOS device or something that doesn't allow game things like that. So that was kind of popular before a lot of other people were doing that. But yeah, very similar, um, except probably going to be more supported just because Amazon, I think, has a bit more of a history with supporting things that don't immediately work, unlike Google, who already is kind of basically throwing in the towel with Stadia, but kind of half-heartedly keeping it alive in classic Google fashion. Yeah, I just, I, I imagine a world where I'm, I just go into Amazon, like, like today, I bought uh, Medieval, well, I, I bought it together two days ago, but it, it shipped today, came to my, came to my door. What if I could just type it in and have just played it on Luna right away? Well, I mean, you I, it's, based, a, it's I mean, a PlayStation game, but that's oh, it's my it exists now. Go do it on PS Now. That that there's there you go or PS Plus. Right? I mean, I think everyone has versions of that, right? It's not on PS Now, is it? Did I say it was? I I Maybe it is now, but it's, it's very similar, right? To like a lot of these other things where you and Xbox has that now too, right? Where you can like start downloading or you can start playing a game at, before it downloads. They're working on all that kind of stuff. That's coming. I think your 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 thing was more that you just like wanted the physical discs because to get the deal. Yeah, yeah, I got the deal. It's on uh, it's on PS now. I th yeah yeah I thought it was I thought it was. There you go. The the other game that I was looking for, Pumpkin Jack, wasn't, but I yeah, was able to good. buy it on sale. Okay. PS now, uh, very underrated. All right, any any final thoughts on this whole Xbox um conversation? My only thought was. 
and this is going to take and change the conversation away from what we were talking about kind of we we talk about how game pass is going to eventually get profitable because they're going to get more users but we haven't talked about the fact that um what can microsoft do with game pass once they have the number of users you know once you get a user base can they leverage it similar to like an epic store where they can say hey if you come and give us your game on game pass give us x they can leverage x percent of the profits to make it profitable because hey you have access to this many copies being played etc etc i I think that makes sense yeah i do as well i I think that that would help them a lot in the long run i mean we we see it's helping the epic store you know they're they're getting exclusives and they're getting a lot of products that they yeah not in the same way (laughs) well i guess explain a little bit further what you're what you're saying here then so so xbox goes to a a developer and says hey give it to us as day one on game pass because we can guarantee that it gets to these people because this is a user base we have whereas epic says hey here's a bunch of money you're exclusive to yeah. us now. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That so. That is... And in your, so you're talking... This would largely be for like any developers or AA developers, right? Because yeah. the AAAs yeah. are, are going to be able to make the money doing it. Right, exactly. Okay. But it allows them to leverage their platform in a way that, you know, other companies can't. They have this, like... They're growing a resource of subscription base uh, essentially guaranteed customers for games like sure people might not play it play your game but they will download it because it's on game pass same way that people download games off epic because they're free um some people do it because hey free game some people do it out of spite because epic has to pay for each copy um (laughs) but yeah so that's just a thought like they it's more game pass to me is more of a long-term strategy and less of a, we want to make money off of a streaming surface service or yeah. something like that. It feels like a 40 chess move and not just <laughs> definitely we're, we're making a streaming service. That's, mm-hmm. that's my only thought. I think it would be great if they can do something like that to get more indies because Xbox used to be the console of indies until it wasn't until it was PlayStation and they yeah, kind of yeah. took that over and it would be really cool if that was a way to get indies back on Xbox. It's already happening too. We're seeing so much uh, time spent on like it at Xbox um, and so many great indies. I, I mean, I exclusively play a lot of great indies on Game Pass. There's like every other week, there's tons of stuff coming out. Uh, I'm not saying it's all exclusive or anything, but it is cool to to see that on Game Pass day one or something, right? So when an indie comes out, I can play it. Even if it maybe comes out on other consoles, I'm going to be playing it on Xbox because I don't have to pay a dollar for it, which is great. I will say too, interesting that you mentioned that with uh, uh, service. I won't, I won't belabor the point, but it is interesting to look at like how game stream or a movie streaming and movie, you know, post release comes out. It'd be interesting to see a strategy where, I, and not to like ape old technology stuff, um, like old school culture, but it's interesting to imagine maybe a game comes out day one for purchase and then maybe like 30 to 60 days later you know they go hey we're gonna put that on game pass and there's like deals to do that right so like you know if you're patient you can get it but obviously people are still gonna buy the game there could be deals where that kind of thing happens i mean that already kind of happens but maybe we kind of start like thinking of that as a regular thing that happens with xbox games uh, or games in general uh, depending on how microsoft makes deals 
I don't know, but interesting to think that maybe it wouldn't be profitable to put your game on uh, day one Game Pass for every developer, but it might work in a way where you could kind of time that uh, and still rake in some money in the early days, like a box office kind of thing. I like that. Or idea. even or even flip it and have it exclusively on Game Pass for, you know, 90 days. Yeah. Time exclusive. But yeah. no, you're still making the money later. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There, there are a million different avenues that they can go. Yep with this and eventually i think it goes back to they're gonna have to make some decisions here because they can't keep operating everything at a loss but yeah but xbox is doing some really interesting things very consumer friendly things and that's only going to be good for the industry let's move on to a game let's play name that dev not name that game but name that dev the second time it's appearing on this show In Name That Dev, I give the panelists up to 10 clues. The clues start off more vague and progressively get more specific. First panelist to guess the mystery game developer correctly wins. You only get one guess. If you're wrong, you're out. We take game developer suggestions from our $1 plus supporters over on Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups where you can message us your suggestion. All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Absolutely ready. All right, clue number one. This developer opened in 1987. This developer's first game was Sky Chase. (laughs) This developer's second game would go on to influence an entire genre. That game would also lead to a plethora of spinoffs. It was founded by a well-known developer with a background in mechanical engineering, but he ultimately left the company in 2009 and became a board member at Linden Lab in 2011, which is best known for Second Life. The studio was acquired by EA in 1997. Many people would say that this company's name exists within EA today only for brand recognition as some of the studios were shut down or shuffled around. A failed action RPG from 2011 called Darkspore used technology that was initially developed for a previous game that this company had made. The THQ? It is not. Fuck, okay. All right, Mike. Now, if if Mike gets it, he wins. At the end, Paul, you can get another guess if he he doesn't have a guess after the last clue. All right. This uh, developer is best known for its simulation games. Oh. Uh, And the final clue. This company's flagship life sim series is wildly popular. Some people will put thousands of hours into them and play Uh only these games. (laughs) I know. Uh Damn it. What? Oh, shoot. Hopefully Mike doesn't remember the name. Mike's got five seconds. Fuck. Time's There's up. an X in it, right? Yes, there it's is. Like something Axios. Maxis. 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 Fuck. Fuck. I was like, I know there's an X. E- I don't know. Oh, man, you're talking about EA, and I should oh, have known to Second Life, too. Linden Labs. Fuck me. Damn, nice. And uh, who, is that, who is that well-known developer who founded it? Is that Will Wright? That is Will Wright. Yeah. That 2011 action RPG is called Dark Spore because it uses technology from on- Spore. Spore, which was a Will Wright, yeah, project, yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, Dark Spore was, I. It's crazy. I had never heard of it before. I was looking Me up neither. stuff from Axis. Me neither. Never heard of it. Sounds interesting on paper. 
but just like spore but uh, alas clearly didn't work <laughs> yep it's just like spore but right. darker yeah let's move over That's to neat. the water cooler let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week mike open up steam go through the list what have you been playing this week I mean, okay, so I played Back for Blood. Ever, you know, we're all aware of that because I played with you guys. <laughs> yep. It was a lot of fun. Uh, really love that game. Want to play more. Going to play more eventually. But um, really great game. Cannot say more good things about it. What else did I play? Um, I played. Uh, let's let's focus on on like things that are not Dead by Daylight. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I played uh, I played Dark Deity, which is a indie game on Steam. It's a it's kind of like a copy of Fire Emblem. That's not Fire Emblem. Oh, okay. Pretty pretty much the exact same as Fire Emblem, but not. Uh, it's okay. It, it itches the Fire Emblem itch, and that's about it. Okay. Um, I can't say. You know, that. I think there's a I think there's a cream for that. If you're having that <laughs> issue. <laughs> um it's not the best writing it's not the most interesting like i'm character the characters are pretty one note like i can't say that the story's engaging um but i like fire emblem style games and i like that type of strategy stuff so i'm with it it's it's good um i play it from time to time uh and then Josh's favorite genre, Among Us style games. I played some Goose Goose Duck yesterday, which is an Among Us style game where everyone is gooses and the killers are ducks. And um, unlike Among Us, the there everyone has a role. Um, so it's more like Town of Salem than Among Us. It's like Town of Salem meets Among Us uh, in that sense. There's Basically, every mod you can think of for Among Us is already in Goose Goose Duck. It's oh, wow. free to play. Whoa. Um, there's proximity wow. chat that works really well. Um, there's uh, hide and go seek modes. There's, uh, there's, a hol- there's a Halloween mode for it. Uh, you can play it on mobile. Um, basically, it's better Among Us, and you get to play as Goose, and it's which free. are kind of cute. I love, being, I love being Goose. Yeah it's 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 great there's skins in the game that you can earn with in-game uh currency that you earn um there's achievements there's pets that modify how many coins you get um all in all it's a really fun game and if you like among us but want something that's not among us i would say that is a good alternative if not better alternative than Amogus. So do they um, do they sell that in-game currency too? Is that how they're making some money? Yes. Okay. Yes. You oh, can shit. buy in-game currency or you can just earn it. Okay. Um cool. Granted, earning it is very slow because it's based on um it's based on achievements. And then oh. certain items in the store you can actually craft. Wow. Um there's a crafting system in it. Basically, it's... as you do tasks on certain cool. maps, you have a chance of finding an item that you can then craft into like a skin or a kill animation or something. That's else. cool. Also, all the goose can fart. <laughs> um, all right. Well, naturally. I'm sold. I'm sold. All right. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Purchase. Made. Um, it, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's free. That is the magic word. 
<laughs> and then I played some potion craft uh, just on my own because I wanted something to relax to. The full release is just as good as when I play tested it. There's still some things missing that say that this game is still in the development, so they'll be coming later. But um, it's good. I like it. It's a fun little puzzle game. That's it, it's a it's a weird puzzle game. It's like an exploration game, but in puzzle form. Big fan, and also love chemical stuff. So <laughs> yeah, like to see it in games. Um, and then not on Steam. I finished Miles Morales Ooh, last man. week. Um, for the first time because I bought it and then didn't play it. <laughs> Somehow. I don't understand Somehow. that. I started it and got to where you meet his friends and said, yeah, I don't care about any of these characters. And What? That was a good bit. Uh, crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just Superman, don't like Genki. the... Oh, it's a good Genki's time. fine. Genki's, Genki's great. Fine. I like Genki. I don't like... I, I don't even remember her name. Finn. <laughs> Yes, Finn. Finn, yeah. I don't care for. She's underdeveloped as yeah. a best friend character, and that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I finished it. My only critique of the game is the, the last boss fight is way too long. It did not need four phases. It needed three at most, if not two. Um, and yeah, I guess the story is fine. There, I didn't have any issues with it. If you took the gameplay of this one, which w- felt very crisp, um yeah. very cleaned up very um i don't know just felt good to play and mixed felt it felt good to play you I, say how was yeah. the uh dual sense i didn't notice it <laughs> apparently um, they didn't really take good advantage of it from what i the uh, biggest read. the biggest thing and no they did but the biggest thing that i noticed from it is that the my controller was louder than my tv um so <laughs> like the audio <laughs> yeah okay what do they do they use like I don't know what his gadget is called, but when he has people when calling him, when you do him, your web shooters, it oh. it, shoots, it makes sounds out of the controller. That's interesting. And those sounds were louder than my TV because I don't I don't have my TV volume that loud um, to begin with. But yeah, yeah, my friend was over and he's just like, "Why is your controller louder than the TV?" I'm just like, "Dual sense." Yeah, I think you can turn that volume down. I think. Yeah, you definitely can, but I just didn't. I didn't care. I will say it doesn't really utilize the dual sense that well. Like I said, talking about the idea of using like tensile strength with the triggers, with the with the swinging, and that didn't really happen. Like that would have been a cool feature. I feel like that could have been too much, actually. Like, like subtle, subtle. What's the game that I was? Oh yeah, uh, no shoot. What was the game that I was playing where it was where it was too much? It was recent. I think Kena? I mentioned it. Kena? Yeah, yes, in Kana. Like there are some I think it is Kana. There are some times where oh. my finger actually started to like get tired <laughs> because it was yeah. like the force against the trigger was so much um yeah, and so that. frequent. So, uh, as far as the the boss battle, the the final boss in Spider-Man was really long too. That was a long fight as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but if I'm remembering the final boss in Spider-Man PS4, which I don't think we worry about spoilers. That game's old. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point. Three years. It's I pretty obvious, too. Like yeah. You fight him on top of a building, a right? Build- it you starts start off, yeah, down yeah. the building. It, the faces are then you're like going down three. the side of the building. Yeah. 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 So, so with that, the phases are at least different. 
which oh. is the same. where it felt like you're in the same space you're in, in Miles Morales, yeah. but it just kind of ramps up the difficult. Or not even really. It just ramps up like it changes the style of fighting a little bit. Not really. Yeah, the villain very... gets different attacks. Yeah, but like that's it. the The environment gets more destroyed, but that's it. Like. It really I think a lot of the benefit is like, look at Miles has these cool electric powers and you can get more destructive and stuff than Peter. Let's just like give you a long fight to get weird with it. It's oh, like, okay. okay, I guess so. But it gets yeah, a little, that, a little run on. That weird fight to, that, that long fight to get weird with it just resulted in me waiting until my Venom was fully charged yeah, and then same. exploding on them and yeah, yeah, phasing yeah. the fight because that's what that ability does. <laughs> um, it, it was just a disappointing it was tedious. I, when yeah. when a boss fight gets tedious, that's when I start getting worried about it. But like, yeah. if you took if you took like the story of Spider Man PS4 and the gameplay of Miles Morales and just made them kiss, perfect game. But yeah. um, it wasn't there. It, it it felt like a mini a micro story in the Spider Man universe that they're making, and it didn't feel like a fully fledged story, which made sense because Miles Morales, even though he looks twenty two, is actually mm. in high school. Um, so you want smaller stakes. Was this the smallest of stakes? No. Um, the plot is a little ridiculous for a teenager to be dealing with, but yeah. it's Spider Man. You're kind of used to that. Um, it's smaller stakes than Spider-Man PS4, at least. All right. I think. Yeah. Smaller stakes than global pandemic that will kill everyone. Anything yeah. else? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you played, Mike? Or is that the list for this week? No, I think that's it. All right. Uh, I might be playing Humankind this week. Oh. Oh, I have that installed. I, I might give that a go too because I've been having a Civ craving, but I don't want to play Civ Five again right now. So I, I, I think I might try that. Is that on Game Pass. Sure is. Paul, speaking of Game Pass, what did you play this week? Great question. Well, I actually played something that was not on Game Pass this week. Um, As I mentioned to you earlier on GG Replay, I played Little Hope, finally, the Dark Pictures anthology. Boy, oh boy, uh, I did not like it. Uh, I did not like it at (laughs) all. You didn't like it? I hate it. What didn't you like? (laughs) Well, I tried to get spoilery. Um, I hated the ending twist. I know I understand yes. the I understand the emotional resonance that's supposed to come from something like that. Uh, but I thought it was the cheapest thing ever and retroactively mm-hmm. ruined the game. It that would be what I would say if I didn't think the game was boring as fuck. Uh, I just thought it already felt like it didn't matter to me. Uh, and then when we had our little twist, it really didn't feel like it mattered to me at all. And I was like, wow, that wasn't even. That good. If I think if the game had ended differently, I will say that I might have retroactively been like, oh, that was kind of interesting because it all led somewhere. Um, but because it didn't, it, it, I won't say what it is, but it, it doesn't really lead anywhere. And so I think that is in, in a satisfying way based on the content. And I also think that um, I don't know what to say. I, you know, I, I came in. I remember I talked to you recently, Mike, and I said, you know, I didn't really like Man of Medan that much compared to Until Dawn, which I know is not a Dark Pictures anthology game. But, you know, there's there's few there's only so many of them. But looking back after playing Little Hope, I had these like rose colored glasses for Man of Medan. I miss, you know what I, you know what it is? I, I just, I didn't actively, you know, I, I like fun hated the characters in Man of Medan, like the, like the douchey rich bro dude, Sean Ashmore's guy, you know, I was like, oh, fuck that guy. But then he did something kind of clever and I was like, oh, I'm rooting for him again. And, you know, and I was rooting for this yeah. person or maybe I kind of hated that person because they're shallow. But at the end, I'm kind of like, I don't want them to die. I didn't feel anything for any of these characters. I actively wanted I them all that. to die. 
Um, yeah, most of them are not good. <laughs> they, just their line readings. I'm not. I mean, I'm not an actor, but a lot of the line readings were like you could hear them like saying, "I am going to the bridge." Like they were like there was no inflection. There was no. It was very very stiff, and it made the already kind of boring characters of all of them were kind of like, "Well, where do yeah. we go?" Everything was like. Um, it was very much that instead of and then and then and then storytelling, it was very much right. like so all of a sudden, like now we're going to I think everything, every character just felt like they were existed to move the plot along. I don't know. I just it didn't yeah. do it for me. I was kind of disappointed. But that being said, um, after seeing uh, more stuff about House of Ashes, I almost kind of weirdly still want to give them another shot. I feel like to me, you know, I think they learned their lesson a little bit from what I've seen from like, if you played it. No, I haven't, but okay. I highly doubt they have. I don't know. People were, I saw a lot of, they did an AMA last month and people were kind of talking on their uh, subreddit and people were kind of saying, hey, are you done with this kind of, this kind of twisting gameplay? And they were kind of like, yeah, we know we, we don't want our whole, our whole brand to be based around that. And we're going to try to move away from that a little bit. And they're like, we want to like, this one is going to be a creature feature and something else is going to be something else. And we want to kind of get away from that. Like we want the first couple to have that kind of twist, but now we're going to move on. So I don't know, but that made me feel maybe like I'll give them another shot, especially because the acting just doesn't seem quite as fucking bad in House of Ashes. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed uh, by that. And it actually, and again, that was another thing too about Man and Medan. There was a lot of branching storytelling. A lot of people in the AMA are mentioning that too. Uh, I kind of, again, took it for granted. Uh, but after playing Little Hope and being on pretty much a linear track, they don't really let you do mm -hmm. much besides a couple little changes to where things go. Um, you know, I... I kind of miss that branching storytelling aspect, which again, they said not every game is going to be branching. Not every game is going to have that kind of twist. That's fine. But then not every game is going to be something I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm skeptical. They've done two of those. And Until Dawn had the same twist as well. So basically, it, well, uh, it was still a twist. Sorry, like a, a twist. It had thing. a twist. So I'm but... just wondering, like, are they going to be done with twists? I doubt it, but. I doubt they're going to be done with twists. What I want from dark anthologies is to stop trying to explain away the boogeyman and just embrace the boogeyman. Like, just let it be, please. <laughs> like, Which is what they claim is how is going to be how House of Ashes works. So maybe that I'm, might get me back. Might get me back. I'm going to, I'm going to like all dark anthology games. I'm just going to watch a playthrough. I, I don't play them, but I do enjoy watching them because it's essentially a movie. I'm just skeptical. Yeah. That they're going to actually deliver on a real monster or whatever. Yeah, I, I will say Will Poulter was great. Um, I was just reading mm -hmm. the Reddit news about how he's going to play Adam Warlock in Guardian of the Galaxy yep. 3 in MCU. And I was like, the the kid from uh, <laughs> from Meet, We're the Millers? That's like, what the hell? And then yeah. I looked and he's like, an, he's English. He's like done. So he has like a pretty decent acting pedigree. I, I, and then I played House of Ashes. I thought his character was atrocious and like just kind of boring. Like he was just like, oh, I am the hero. Uh, but that being said... <laughs> uh he was great especially like with his like english accent doing his like yorkshire accent and like the past and everything very good um i'm excited that made me excited that was my main takeaway i was like oh cool i'm, I'm excited to see this guy as adam warlock now <laughs> but yeah that's that's pretty much my gaming this week i really didn't do a lot of gaming this week uh mostly just that also i played some more like team fight tactics and stupid crap like that but nothing uh <laughs> nothing exciting still can't win I think uh, I think we need to have a Sean Ashmore shout out on every episode now going forward since it's becoming a consistent theme. So so we'll have to come up with uh, with next week's Sean Ashmore appearance. He's great. He's he's uh, he's great. A great video game actor. I, uh, I I hope he does more. So as far as what I played this week, obviously I, I finished up Far Cry Six. Or I played to a point where I felt like I could get the review out there. 
check out the review. I'm not sure if I'm going to f- completely finish the game. I think I'm pretty close, but I don't yep. know if I'm actually going to go all the way. I did the same thing in Far Cry 4. I liked it enough to play it a lot, but I never ended up finishing it, which is unlike Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 5. I finished both of those. I played the shit out of them. I loved those games. But Far Cry 4 and now 6, not sure if I'm going to go all the way. But, you know, it's it, it's fun enough to keep playing. I don't know if I'm going to finish the whole thing, though. Back for Blood. Obviously, uh, we all played that together. Mike so yep. graciously gifted me a Steam copy of the game since the Xbox Game Pass app is still broken on my PC. But we we had a blast. It was it's it's just a plain fun game. And I didn't think I would like it. I really didn't, but I do. The gunplay is really satisfying. Shooting zombies just doesn't get old, which is good because yeah. there's a shitload of zombies. It feels better than I expected. I remember when I first jumped into Left 4 Dead and a big reason why I didn't like it was I felt like it just didn't feel satisfying to play. And maybe that was just me at the time. Maybe it is really similar to Back for Blood and I was just wrong or my tastes have changed. It's been a while since the first Left 4 Dead game. But Back for Blood just feels like a pretty good shooter. It's not just like mm-hmm. a zombie action game. Like it, the shooting is really good. So... Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Mike, can you can you answer like was Left 4 Dead did it does it definitely feel better than those or did Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 feel good as well? I think for the time Left 4 Dead felt fine. It was so it, it was it was this the Valve style of shooting like CS Counter-Strike and uh Half-Life they didn't have aim down sights so it's kind of what you expected from okay. Valve. Yeah. Um you didn't expect tight shooting, you expected reticle based shooting with uh the recoil making your bullets just spread more. Okay. Um but I'll agree with you that Back for Blood feels fantastic shooting wise. Um yep. I know there is a card in Back for Blood that removes your um it removes your ability to aim down sights um that's like its drawback i don't remember what its plus is but you Hmm. can only hip fire which would be interesting from a standpoint of you know feeling like left for dead but left for dead in itself also just kind of felt like a g mod type of right game if i'm being honest um yeah it's still fun but it's very clunky and very like I don't know. It, it's it's just got a Left for Dead feel to it, which is not bad, but it's not it's not great. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, we also played Phasmophobia. Paul and I yeah, played with Josh and Mike this time, so they could show us how to actually play the game. It was a blast. It was nice being a little bit spooked again playing a video game. It's been a little while. Played on stream at Twitch.tv/slash/GoodnightGroofs, so you can. Follow us over there for when we do stuff like that again in the future. But it was a good time. It's it's just such a perfect like Halloween season game. It's just so perfect for that. So fun to play. If you have your group of four, it just makes it so much better. It's there are scares, but it can also be funny. Like 
the way the characters move and their animations are hilarious and can make when you look up you your back just fully uh does like a a nice l shape and Mm -hmm. you kind of stare at the the ceiling with your uh entire back bent (laughs) at the waist that's a good time that's uh probably number one best feature of the game for sure i could see that game being terrifying in vr but also hilarious even more funny but also even more scary so i would love to someday try that i don't have any sort of vr system for steam but that would be that would be a lot of fun makes me think of some other spooky games that i've played Ooh, we might be getting to that right now paul audience (laughs) questions every week we address two or three audience questions comments or concerns we take questions from our supporters over on patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroofs leave your questions in the comments section of the previous episode's post the $1 tier, just one single dollar a month, will get you access to question submissions. We also take submissions at gamegroups at gmail.com and in the YouTube comments, but our patrons will always receive their due priority. This question comes in from Freddie. Freddie with a Y. Who could this be? What are some Probably of... Freddy. Could be. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Freddie Freddy's too... Freddie is giving it away. Let me try um, F. Kruger. <laughs> F. Kruger, there you go. What are some of the spookiest games that you have ever played? I'm going to go to Mike first because I feel like he has something top of mind already. Well, uh, Visage, I've talked about it already. It's Visage. Yeah. It's always going to be Visage. Yeah. Um, so, nothing, nothing is scary after Visage. So that's number one. What, what in, in the past, what other spooky games have you countered uh i wouldn't say it's spooky but like i refuse to play like fnaf because i hate jump scares and that's all that game is it's not for me um right now i'm running a charity uh thing for october and if they get to my last stretch goal then i'll play fnaf and i'm like just (laughs) just don't (laughs) just don't make me do this no one's gonna Um, enjoy this (laughs) it took me until then to realize that that's five nights nights at at freddy's Freddy's. okay yeah yeah Yeah. i mean granted i am (laughs) i am excited for uh security breach i think it's because i think it's different enough from you know the regular five nights at freddy's that like it's not just going to be jump scares, but yeah, I would put that on the list as just games I think I would avoid. But for like atmospheric spookiness, I don't know. Phasma was pretty scary when yep. I first played it. It lost its edge a little bit last year after playing it for so long. Uh, but then this year it's back on on par for being kind of spooky. I think that's really it. Most of the games I play aren't scary because I like horror, but I also don't like horror. I like the idea of horror until I start doing it and wuss out. I I think that's really it. Mainly just Visage. That game's horrifying. PT is also horrifying. For me, horror games and movies are really exclusive to October just because I feel like specifically with movies, so few horror movies are actually good movies because the horror is the gimmick and the crutch there are good horror movies like for example i think the conjuring is just a really good movie i love the conjuring um and there are obviously good horror games as well like alien isolation is a good game but also 
there are many that lean on the crutch of jump scares or just, you know, our thing is being scary. We don't care about anything else, you know. I'll go now just because I'm talking. <laughs> but um, I think maybe my answer is Slender the Eight Pages. When the oh, game, yeah. When that Ooh. game first came out, it was terrifying. And, like, the, the jankiness to it was all, like, that added to it. Because it felt like it's the scary. It's it's sort of like where uh where, where um oh what was the the Slenderman uh, web G-Mod. series? No, the Slenderman. Oh, uh, I was gonna say Slender Marble, Marble Hornets. Hornets. So there was like the the amateur independent nature of that made it scary, just like the yeah. amateur independent nature of this Slender game made that scarier than it would have otherwise been. That's why I felt like. The the successor the Slender Arrival or something like that, yeah, um, yeah. wasn't as scary to me personally. But too polished, you know, yeah, too polished. Also, honorable mention, Little Nightmares creeps the shit out of me way more than it should. So bad. Um, I, I actually, so bad. I, I played the first one, and I like, I kind of like those kind of games, but I just stopped playing because I'm like, this is just creeping the shit out of me. It's so mm-hmm. weird. And it, it 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 reminds me of like a really creepy, messed up uh, nursery rhyme type of thing. And I just like didn't want any more to do with it. <laughs> so, cool. Paul, what about you? Yeah, I have a few. Uh, I'll, I'll run through kind of quick. There's nothing, nothing crazy. I will say Doom 3 uh, comes to mind. Uh, you know, I remember those, I don't know if you guys remember 2005, 2004 internet. People were like, there was like, that was like a big thing, reaction videos to people playing Doom. It was like proto Let's Plays. People would like bring their friend over and they'd sit in front of the computer and they wouldn't even, they couldn't even show what they were seeing on the screen, but they just showed them and they would scream and that was like the, the gag. Um, but oh my God, uh, Doom 3 was fucking terrifying to me. I remember in the daylight uh, in my friend's like front room of his house. And I think we were like, 19 like the game had been out for years it was way <laughs> past um but we downloaded it just as a goof because we were like oh i remember remember all those videos of people being freaked out by doom 3 and we freaked out just the very fact that you have to switch between having your flashlight so you can fucking see what's happening to having your gun to kill what's coming at you uh was the that the the nervousness of that was so intense uh just absolutely absolutely so so scary and I could barely get past the dark parts in that game. Real, like, I really good job. And I mean, obviously, they've gone a totally different direction. I think with New Doom being more like arcadey and and more bright and and like this, the, these are cool hell visuals, which is awesome. But the Doom Doom Three, at least at the very beginning, all I played was fucking terrifying. <laughs> Also, you know, shout out to Amnesia. I mean, it's like baby's first horror game, but uh, I scare—I get the shit scared out of me playing Amnesia. I—I uh, I, I never finished it uh, just because it was too scary for me. I, I know that it gets less scary once you see the monster a bit more. It kind of killed it for me, but that was the thing. I either went from being absolutely terrified to laughing because it was so janky and goofy. So it was hard to like. That game's tough for me because I once I. You know, it's too scary to play, but then if I try to, like, not be scared of it because I see the, the creature or whatever, then it becomes too funny to enjoy. <laughs> that was <laughs> so part of my like, problem. Once Amnesia's yeah. not scary anymore, it's just annoying uh, and frustrating. It's a bad game, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's actually, but it's it's just like, I don't, the, the whole gimmick, like you were saying, it's, it's scary. Uh, and they do a great job, and they, they pioneered some interesting uh, mechanics. But that being said, yeah, it was 
scared me early on. Uh, also, I, I honorable mention too to G, uh, Gmod uh, Slender, uh, our Slender Man game we used to play, which was uh, you know your your player versus uh, or your uh, what was like a what do you call it asymmetrical PvP. Uh, one person would play Slender Man, oh, and yeah. uh, the rest would you and me and some and a friend of ours. Uh, we used to play that. Uh, that thing scared the, the hell out of me. Uh, there was like that one building in the middle with like it's like a bathroom, like a public campground bathroom, and you have to like go yeah. through it. And, and oh my god, like I I remember screaming so much playing that game uh on on uh on a call is with that you guys. not and the eight pages no so that's a single player game that you go through and and play uh oh okay so maybe pages. i'm thinking of the one that you're talking about then. now in the in the in the slender gmod thing I you also both, have to collect but... pages so it's the same it's the same thing but oh, it's, you're doing okay. it with like other people uh and then obviously someone plays slender uh and and runs around so but yeah that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Scared the shit out of me. Really, really good. I like the the touch that someone was actually playing Slender Man. I think it was my it was my first experience and one of my still major experiences playing asymmetrical PvP. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I have yet to play a game where I I felt the same. I feel like a lot of the other games are a lot more. I don't want to say be too, but there's too many mechanics. Uh, when I when I've tried playing like Dead by Daylight and some other games too, it's like I I think it's obviously a better game, um, but I just think all the hook mechanics and the having the ways to win and and there's just like a lot more going on that like makes you feel like oh I'm playing a game, um, which is good. That's what they're for. But uh, the the slender thing, it's like okay, I just have to find these pages, but like who the fuck knows where they are? And that's like literally it. If you you get to find the pages and you're being hunted, yeah. and that's that's it. Uh, and I thought that was kind of fun. Now I don't think that's the same replayability, but. <laughs> I do like the simplicity of that. <laughs> I do. And finally, just to round out my list here, uh, spooky VR shit. I barely ever played VR. I've just never had the money to invest, or I just have chose not to invest in it. Um, but I have played, I've tested some VR. I, I had a buddy who had like a Gear VR. Shove your Samsung phone in there. Uh, I played this... I played this game... I know this sounds like, you know, stupid, but I played this game where you just sat on a couch and there's this like staticky TV... And this little girl is like walking around behind you, walking in front of you. She's standing in the doorway and then she like comes out of the TV and there's just a couple other things, literally nothing. Cause it was like early VR on like a phone. So you're just like, you're just like in this room and, and you're sitting and, and there's a TV and people just keep coming in out of it. She keeps coming in and out of the room. That's probably the scariest shit. I'm not like a big little kids are scary guy, but holy fuck that scared the hell out of me. I had to take it off and be like, nope like there's no way i'm playing this because because the realism of like it wasn't they weren't trying to like put you in a world the game was that you're sitting somewhere and just letting things happen around you which you're doing in real life too made it really scary weirdly uh yeah so fuck that shit i'm never playing that again i don't even know what it's <laughs> called but fucking terrifying yeah i'm not i'm just not even gonna touch horror games on vr i'm not even no. gonna mess around with that because i know it's just nope. gonna be a terrifying experience yeah all right, next question. This one comes from Buster. What are your favorite kinds of arcade games to play? I'll go first, give you guys a little time to marinate on your ideas here. I like almost all racing games in an arcade. I'm a big fan of the Cruisin' USA games uh, and the other games in that franchise. That's sort of what I grew up on. That was a big part of the arcade for me growing up. But I also like anytime you can get on like a... Uh, jet ski or a motorcycle like the they actually have you know the uh the plastic version of that um, yep. i love those kind of games in the arcade i i find i and then as far as like light gun games i find those to be hit or miss some are good some can be really fun unintended 
but they all seem yeah they all seem too generous in the aiming like they're too easy with uh as far as most light gun games so so those can be hit or miss some are really good some are just really bad in my opinion paul what about you uh yeah uh driving games same thing i i i love sitting down playing a driving game i will say my favorite thing is one of those motorcycle games i haven't been to a lot of a lot of my arcade experience that i can remember like recent history was like a, a movie theater or something we have like a lot of arcades attached to our, our movie theaters and so they don't shove in the whole jet ski one but the <laughs> motorcycles you'll find in some of them and that is a blast uh and also yeah a, a good driving game i'm terrible there they always control like shit and I, I find that's not always true but there's a lot that control like shit or i guess i'm just shitty at them um and so I, I, I'm always remembering that thing where like I'm like running, I'm flying into the boards because the controls like are way too loose and I'm like doing a crazy turn and then I can feel it going like uh, as I'm like hitting the edge or something. Uh, good times though. I, I, I love those games. That's what I gravitate to. I usually wouldn't buy tokens to play a light gun game, light gun game or Street Fighter or something. Uh, but those are good. Also, uh, honorable mention to air hockey. It's not an arcade yeah. game, but a lot of those things have air hockey and I'll always play a couple rounds of air hockey before a movie starts. Mike, I would have to go with uh, DDR and oh, yeah. House of the Dead. Ooh, okay. Both were both were my go-to's. House of the Dead is the uh, light gun game um, that is in every arcade, yep. and I think there's like seven of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be my go-to, and then me and my sister would play DDR uh, at the arcade um, nice. when I was in I don't know, like middle school, I think. Awesome. Uh, when we went to the arcade on a regular basis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, sweet so have yeah, you guys, those are my two have you guys ever been to the like sometimes if you go to a really fancy arcade they have the one where you can make your own roller coaster and then you go into like a virtual version of it have you seen that before i think it, it was also oh. at disney for a while Yes, actually, you know what? I did this at Disney when I was a kid. Okay, but I did. But like, they had it like that. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. But they had this big thing called like the Horizon, or like it was Disney Quest, and you could. Oh yeah, yeah, weird, yeah. Like, it was part of weird that. AR experiences and stuff, and that was that was where it was. That yeah, was that really was cool. Yeah, the the old Disney Quest was a really cool place. I, I'm not really sure. Cool. Maybe it was just ahead of its time. I don't know. It was, and there was a thing about that. I think it was one of those many things that Eisner was super into. I think there was a, I think there is a uh, defunct land or something on it that was really interesting. But uh, I think they put one like right in Manhattan uh, and, and, and spent like a fucking ass ton of money on this big building right in like downtown. Uh, and it was like a, like a huge waste of money and like nobody went to it. And then the Florida one, I think, did a little bit better because people were already in Disney World. But uh, yeah, check that out if you're interested. It was, I think it was, I can't remember, but it was an interesting episode. I think the one I went to was in Chicago. And this was probably okay, yeah. early 2000s. It yeah. was it was really fun. But I, I also imagine an issue with that is that technology moves so quickly now that as soon as yeah. they get a state-of-the-art thing in there, it, it's, it's uh, outdated in a couple of years. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a relatively new game. This has only showed up one other time in the show. Quick Time Questions. In Quick Time Questions, I ask our panelists a series of sometimes silly opinion-based questions. They have to give me their first answer that pops into their head as quickly as possible. We're going to cycle through the panelists with different questions, but sometimes I may tell the next panelist the same question, so they better be ready. If they don't give an answer quickly enough, we pass the question off to the next panelist automatically. Uh, it, there are no winners in this game, only losers. Just like the show. Just like the show. <laughs> All right, 
Ready? Here we go. Paul, what pizza toppings would Waluigi order? Anchovies. Mike, what would be Twitch's next slogan? Uh, Pass off to Paul. Yeah, I got nothing. Come watch uh, Pokimane poop. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Paul, what will be Starfield's Metacritic score? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 90. 84. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mike, what would be Chef Kirby's signature dish? Uh, Rainbow Pizza. Oh. Nice. Paul, who is the next big dev studio to release a massive flop? Luber Team. Same question for Mike. Uh, Bethesda. Mike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mike, where should Call of Duty go next? Uh, in the garbage. Paul, <laughs> why isn't this podcast very popular yet? Uh, you know, it's a combination of marketing and like, you know, it's getting it out there. It's a, uh, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Mike, name your top three favorite Sonic characters. Uh, Knuckles, Tails, and Chow the Bunny. Same question for Paul. Uh, Rouge uh, and uh, and her accomplices. <laughs> Paul. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Paul, what game should never have been released? Uh, Sonic 06. <laughs> Mike, which game franchise should employ voice work from Gilbert Gottfried? Uh, Sonic 06. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's move on to a special shout-out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout-out to any video game character of their choice and provide a quick reason why this lucky character is getting this attention. I'll go first. A special shout-out to the player characters in Phasmophobia because they would all be Limbo world champions with the way that they can bend backwards. Paul, your special shout-out. Ooh, a special sh- You know what? Here's the thing. I love my cat uh, and my uh, my cat. You know, I love how much he loves fish. And it reminds me a lot of a cat that likes to fish, Big the Cat. Now, and the special shout-out is not for him. It's, of course, for his best friend, Sonic the Hedgehog. Shout-out to our boy, Sonic the Hedgehog. No. Voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. Voiced oh. by Gilbert Gottfried in the upcoming game. <laughs> Sonic the Rise of... Oh! Mike, your shout-out. Uh, my shout out is not Sonic this week, unfortunately. I wish it could be, uh, but I didn't want to steal Paul's thunder. Um, <laughs> instead, um, I'm going to give a special shout out to probably one of the most influential people that I know in game design, um, Dr. Kamishima. Mike, you're, shout- you're shouting me out? That's so nice. <laughs> who, who was that? Uh, Dr. Dr. Kawashima. Oh, who is Dr. Kawashima? Of, uh, of the Brain Age games, oh. you know, for the oh, great yeah. Sudoku games no. that he gave me. <laughs> Sudoku is getting banned from this show. No, Sudoku Any references beautiful. to Sudoku are now illegal on the Game Groups podcast. Ever. Listen, Never Sudoku is an assist trophy in Smash Brothers. It it deserves its place on the show. I think that's the reason that, uh, you know, I think Sudoku's big claim to fame is that it's an assist trophy in Smash Brothers. That's really the big <laughs> thing that they have going for them. This thousand year old uh, game. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Grooves podcast, the all encompassing gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Grooves. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroofs, if I haven't uh, already mentioned it yet, where you, we currently have three tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here 
at the Goodnight Groove. So the $3 plus tier will get you access to this show, this very show, two days early. That means Friday instead of Sunday. A special shout out to all of our patrons currently supporting us in the $5 plus tier, Ishmael S. and Rachel S. A round of applause for them, please. Love it. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or leave a like and comment on the YouTube video. Everything helps. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of our content where you'll find the blog, GG Replay, this podcast, game reviews like the Far Cry one from yesterday, and more coming soon. Guys, any last thoughts? Uh, a little bit of salt on some food, and you can convince your kids to eat anything. That'll do it for us here today. Gentlemen? Anything. Thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.